is this a natural problem, worldly problem, or is it a spiritual problem? And and you cannot solve spiritual issues right. with natural means or worldly means. One because they think we're okay, and one because we, they think there's no hope. Mm. He says, but there is a third position, and that's the position of the realist. And the realist suggests that we have come a long way, but we yet have a long way to go. Mm. The challenge is, how, how do those people, blood washed, born again, how do we differentiate ourselves and how do we show ourselves to truly be disciples of Jesus Christ? And we're trying to fight without putting on the full armor. There's no such thing in my mind as critical race theory because I live myself the reality of just going to the movies at 16 years old, being outside of the, the boundaries, if you will, of where I used to live, just driving to the movies in America and getting pulled over, having a gun put to my temple. I, I may not agree with how the world is fighting it, but I do agree that it has to be fought. We might use different weapons. Being that beacon of light, being that beacon of hope, you know, being that ambassador of Christ, rather than allowing God to recreate us in his image, we think we have a responsibility to recreate God. So the work of the Holy Spirit is, is to keep us humble, first of all, and also to give us guidance and wisdom and knowledge, knowing that we're not just representing ourselves, right. we're representing the kingdom. The first proof of the Spirit that is mentioned is that of love. You know, and, and it covers all the other components, but it starts out with love first, you know, and, and that's where the change has to come right now. in truth, intersecting hard conversations with the gospel. We seek and speak the truth about what's going on around us. I'm your host, Rabrina Rattle. This is part two of our conversation with Pastor John Leonard Harris and Pastor Jesse Miles on the subject of critical race theory, also known as CRT. Today, our focus is how are we ambassadors of Christ when we engage people? Are we asking questions? Are we representative of God's love, mercy, and grace? I think, and the question then becomes, uh, for me, in many ways, and I've talked to countless people about this, one of allegiance. And, and, and where's your allegiance? Yeah. You know, is it to the, is it to the blood-washed cross of Jesus Christ, or is it to the stars and stripes? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Where, where's your allegiance? Right. Right. And, and, so, and so, you know, we have to differentiate uh, between where our allegiance lies. And and if it indeed is with Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. uh, who was a barrier breaker, yeah. who was a friend to the sinner, who was one who looked upon those who were poor, who were weak. You know, mm -hmm. even James tells us that, that pure religion, undefiled, right. is, is, to, is to visit the orphans and widows in their trouble. Yes. Okay? Yes. And keep oneself uh, uh, spotted, unblemished from the world. Pure religion, undefiled. And so, but I'm, so, yeah, and, but I'm a work in progress. Yes. Even after I give my life to Christ. 
right? I mean, we, we have examples in terms of scripture where people have the, the, the attitude. One was Peter, right? I mean, Peter did not want to preach to the Gentiles. You no, know, didn't. God had to had to come back and give him a vision and to show him whomever it is that I have called clean, I dare you to call them unclean. And so one of the problems that we've had historically in this country is that we have a group of people who have called other people unclean and they have treated them accordingly. That's what we start talking about in terms of the history of the laws in this country that we've declared a group of people that you're not fit for. You, you, we will dehumanize you. We will make you three-fourths of a person. We're going to do all of these things to you because we believe that we have a right to declare to you, you know, whether you're clean. And what is the measurement? The measurement is, well, we're the ones who are the clean ones. Mm. We're the clean ones. And so you're the ones who, who, who are unclean. So even in coming to Christ, there's still work to be done, you know? And so we're still imperfect people in a perfect being. You know, and we have to realize that we still have flaws, we still have shortcomings. When we came to Christ, it did not take away our our sin, our sin issue. We're still dealing with sin. It's just that we now have the imputed righteousness of Christ to help us deal with and to continue. And we're not under condemnation. But but part of it is that this whole mindset, well, you know, we're just we're all Christians now and we're supposed to join hands and sing kumbaya. It doesn't operate that way. And it doesn't happen that way. And I think, again, it becomes a, a more deception to believe. So therefore, we shouldn't talk about race. We shouldn't talk about racism because you know what? We, we're all, there are no Greeks and there are no Jews and there are no Gentiles. We're all one in Christ. Well, we still have an issue if we're not operating out of the love of Christ mm. toward each other. It, it becomes an issue. And so just to say, let's just dismiss it. We don't want to talk about it. You know, we're all one. Well, we're all one when it's convenient to your one. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and some would even say, you know, particularly for African-Americans, listen, why can't we just forgive? Mm-hmm. You know, why can't we just forgive mm-hmm. and, and, and move on? You know, and, and, and that's still that's another part of the, the, the issue for many is that, well, you know what, Jesus, you know, we're not we're work in progress. We're, Jesus paid it all. We can we can forgive. Um, but I'm saying, well, well, the Bible, you know, you give me that part of the Bible. Okay, I'm with that. Uh, but it also says confess your sin. Yeah. And he's faithful and just to cleanse you, forgive you and yeah. cleanse you from all righteousness. So are you willing to do that? And are you willing to repent? Which means are you willing to repent? Turn away completely from yeah. that sin. Yeah. Yeah. Turn yeah. from sin and yeah. turn to God. Yeah. And, and, and so, again, th- th- like Jesse said earlier, the whole idea of mixing the narratives and mixing, mixing it up so that people are even more confused than they might be otherwise. You know, is, is CRT the answer? No, Jesus is the blood washed, uh, regenerate, born again uh, heart, you know, for Christ and living that out in real time, loving your neighbor as yourself, thinking on the things of others more so than the things of yourself. Truly, truly being a a person who understands the redemptive work of Christ and living, as you said, living it out, living the fruit of the spirit. But, you know, we're not there yet. Mm -hmm. The other thing, I'll, and I'll shut up. The other question, I guess, I have is that with all this going on, we could we have to couch it. Is this a natural problem, mm-hmm. worldly problem, mm-hmm. or is it a spiritual problem? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and you cannot solve spiritual issues right. with natural means or worldly means. And so, so to that end, the body of Christ, the people of God, you know, we have our work cut, cut out for us, 
whether it's prayer and fasting and repentance, calling the sacred assembly, or, you know, doing whatever it takes to say to the, to say to this nation and to say to our world, this isn't what Jesus was about. Mm. Yeah, but when you when when you're operating, I think Tony Evans talks about this in terms of cultural Christians. The, the concept that I use is that when you're operating under the banner of hyphenated Christian, yeah, that becomes an issue. Because now the, the the point is that that it's not my Christianity that's the most important thing to me. It's something else than my Christianity. Mm-hmm. I I, I might say that it is my Christianity. You know, Jesus would call them hypocrites, and you know, but, but I mean, I might say that, but I'm operating on the mindset that this is more important. So my politics mm. has become my God mm. rather than allowing my God to be over my politics. Right. And so part of it is, you know, this has become and then we 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 operate and then we operate on a deception because we allow the enemy to say that's OK. Yes. Right. And so it's OK to do that because, you know, God got your back. You know, you're letting these people know that they are heathens and this and that. God got your back. God, you know, you pay your tithes. You do this. You know, <laughs> you, you you in first place in God's book. It's all the other people. You know that that's under you, and so so part of it becomes you know I, I I'm I'm justified. It's it's that sense of self righteousness. Mm. That's what privilege is. Mm-hmm. It's the self. Remember the Pharisee and then the, the tax collector went into the temple to pray. He said, "I'm not like these other folks over here." Yeah, I thank God I'm not like him. <laughs> I think and, and, you know, and that was that that used to be, uh, and maybe in some circles, you know, listen. When you had poor whites who were no no better off than, than poor blacks yeah. uh, saying, listen, I may not be well off, but at least I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not black. Yeah. yeah. You know, because yeah. of, because of the lesson uh, that, that he was taught, the lesson that that continues to permeate uh, our nation. And and people want to think, you know, let me go back to Dr. King. He said, you know, you talk about Rabrina, this this whole idea of, of you know how people look at it. He said we, we got one of three positions we can take. He said we can either be the extreme optimist. And think that everything is fine, nothing's wrong, don't worry about it. He says we can be the extreme pessimist to think that nothing will ever happen that gets us any further along than we are today. He says the challenge of those two positions is that both of those two positions do nothing. One because they think we're okay, and one because we, they think there's no hope. Mm. He says, but there is a third position, and that's the position of the realist. And the realist suggests that we have come a long way. Mm-hmm. But we yet have a long way to go. Mm. We still have work to do. Mm-hmm. And so, so you know, so people can can grab a hold of one posture or another. Some, like you've mentioned, think that they take the extreme optimist position. Everything's fine. I don't see because I don't see anything wrong. Nothing must be wrong. Mm. Or the extreme pessimists suggest that there is no hope. These folks ain't going to change. Ain't nothing we can do about it. Throw your hands up. But but if we can take that realist position and say, you know what, there is hope. Yeah. We're not there yet. Right. But we we have to press on. We have to trust that God is greater than all of our sin. Mm. All of our sin. And and and, and we can trust uh, that as he continues, and this is why the gospel is so important. If people can truly be changed and truly be born again, then maybe, just maybe, uh things in our nation, no, not not maybe, they will change. Mm. Not maybe they will change if if people are truly truly regenerate and born again. It will change. 
I'm going to add to this quickly. When you were saying that, John, it reminded me training that we used to do with diversity, talking about, you know, we the people and, and what have you. And, and a very good friend of mine, Tom McKenna, used to talk about characterizing this country as one that has an inclusive ideal versus an exclusive reality. Hmm. You know, and CRT is dealing with that exclusive reality. If I bring it to a biblical perspective, what Jesus is doing for us, or should be uh, the sanctification that's going on in us, the transformation, is that our inclusive ideal, scripture, the gospel, it should have an impact upon our exclusive, what, what would be our exclusive reality. Those two things should start looking more and more alike. There should not be a significant difference between our inclusiveness as it relates to who we are in the gospel in terms of how we operate in that particular domain, because there should be transformation. That's why it's very upsetting to me when I'm looking at the evangelical movement. But you know what? That mindset has always been there. Scriptures have always been used to validate Many scriptures have been used to justify and to validate discrimination and segregation and racism and other kinds of isms and that type of thing. Because, I mean, persons are, are still saying, you know, my religion is greater than <laughs> that one up there, you know. And, and, and so there's always been that discrepancy, you know, between in terms of persons who are out there spouting that they believe in Christ. Mm. And many do believe in Christ, but yet and still can stand and hear and justify and operate on the lies that are being told in this country. People who know that they're lies and will still embrace. Or, 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 or Jesse, or just avoid. Yeah. You know, you know, it's just like, like King wrote that letter from a Birmingham jail yeah. and, and asking, yeah. you know, yeah. who are you all? Yeah. yeah. You all should be marching with me. Right. You, you, you know, if you truly know what the gospel is and you truly know who Jesus is, Y'all should come out of them churches and come down here and 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 be a part of what we're doing here. Mm. But no, King, yeah, and then that King talked about unjust laws and just laws in that letter yeah. from Birmingham Jail. Isn't that what CRT is addressing? Yeah, systemically. Yes. yes. Yeah, systemically. And, and so, so yeah, it, it's one of those things. And I think the the other challenge is is one of, of of fear, of course. I think where people, even if they were willing to look. At the at the surface level of CRT, mm-hmm. I think they're also afraid, Rabrina, of of the other things that that people attach. And and don't make no mistake about it. <laughs> when you think about the civil rights movement, and you think about every movement, particularly led by African Americans. Other folks have seen an opportunity to grab onto the coattails. Right, right, right. Grab onto the coattails and say, "Listen, hey, listen. While they're going through the door, we better jump on the on the back, and so we can go through too." Leave shit on the escalator. And so, and so, so, so there is that element where we're talking about critical race theory, but don't think for a moment that the LGBT community don't want to jump on board and, and walk through the door. The, uh, and, and, and other movements want to jump on board and go through the door. And so, so, and I think other people who, who as Jesse said earlier, want to mess up the narrative, they want to throw that in as well and say, hey, listen, if we let them in, then we're going to have to let them in too. And we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't want to do that. If we got to let them in, we oh, and we got to examine how we've hurt them. We got to also examine how we hurt them mm-hmm. and how we hurt them, uh, because the Me Too movement has has shown us that. <laughs> I mean, I look at I look at TV and I look at movies and I look at stuff today. Hey, women have 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 come on strong. Right. They have come on strong. They have they have stepped up. They have stepped out. They have they have their voice has been heard. And of course, now we there. Yeah, we still you know, we still paying them less. And we're still there's a lot of stuff that needs to be done. But hey, they've come on real strong. 
and Me Too has made some hay. And now here's another movement. Black Lives Matter. Oh, okay. And again, they start talking about the organization and all the all the stuff that goes on in the organization. No, it's not about an organization. It's about a message. It's about a message. Mm -hmm. And a response to institutionalized racism that we've seen in the criminal justice system and yes. other systems as well. But I mean, in, in terms of Black Lives Matter. And again, trying to redefine the, the narrative, right? So the opposition to that came out, well, all lives matter. Well, all lives matter. <laughs> well, who did say they did matter? I mean, the point is that all lives matter except Black Lives Matter. Mm. Yeah. And so when we talk about George Floyd and Breonna yeah. Taylor and yeah. Ahmaud Arbery and, yeah. and Tamir yeah. Rice yeah. and, and, yeah. and Philando Castile, you right. know what? Let's ask them. Oh, yeah. we can't. Yeah. Mm. We can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their lives matter too. Mm. And and so, so you know, you think about, Rabrina, you know, the whole issue of, you know, what is it that people are really afraid of? What is it that I think even one of our beloved politicians uh, said, you know, oh, so we're going to fight discrimination against this group by discriminate, discriminating against another group. Again, you're 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 mixing metaphors here. You're you're mm. you're not saying you're not being honest. You're you being a, and you don't even have a history to validate that. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Again, it's it's a user to create fear, you know, because under that is, well, I'm okay with you discriminating against others. Mm. I'm okay with that. But when it comes near my doorstep, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, now I don't want nobody to be discriminated against. But I stood along silently, historically and currently, when it was going on against that other group over there. I wasn't concerned about discrimination when it didn't affect, when it supposedly didn't affect me, but it affects all of us. And so to me, John, and I, I'm waiting on you, John, to redefine what the, what the R is in CRT. You got to put this out here. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's the conversation, Rabrina, that I have, I've had with many people who've asked me to talk about this. And, and they've asked me, you know, Pastor Harris, do you believe in critical race theory? And my answer continually is no. Really? No? I said, well, because what's been happening to black folks ain't a theory. <laughs> okay, let's talk about critical race fact. Yeah. Let's talk about critical race truth. Yes. Okay, because if you look over the landscape of our lives in this nation, yeah. you, ain't no theory involved. Yeah. Theories are suppositions. Yeah. Okay, what's been happening to black folks is real. Yeah. Okay, and so it, it, there's no such thing as critical race theory. When, it, when we talk about the, the true experiences, circumstances, conditions, and situations of those who call themselves Black or African-American, there's no theory. There's just what's, re what's real and what continues to be real in, in our time today, which is why it has resurfaced uh, again to the point where we're talking about it today. And so when people talk about that, no, there's no such thing in my mind as critical race theory, because I lived myself the reality of just going to the movies at 16 years old, being outside of the, the boundaries, if you will, of where I used to live, just driving to the movies in America and getting pulled over, having a gun put to my temple. Mm -hmm. My name shouted over the back trunk of a car because of a case of racial profiling in St. Louis, in the land of my birth, 
and then being stopped again and again and again as I rode to basketball games with my brother, you know, just because we were three groups of young black men riding in a place where it didn't look like we should be. Mm. In America? Mm. Are you you serious? Or being told when we were trying to buy a house in Lincoln, Nebraska, you sure you don't want to live over there Mm. as opposed to over here? We've had those experiences, you know, and, and we can't disregard that. And so yeah. the reason why I want you to say that, John, and I'll, you know, because we've had those conversations, because part of it for me, bring it back, you know, full circle, is that people don't want to deal with critical race theory, per se, because they don't want to deal with critical race truth. Mm. You know, and so, and, and to me, putting it on the note, th- this is the truth of the matter. Now, what do you want to call it? If you don't want to call it CRT, if you want to, don't want to call it racism, what do you want to call it? But just because you don't want to discuss it, just because you don't want to call it anything, it doesn't mean it hasn't existed and it still doesn't exist. Yeah, And the longer we're waiting to call whatever it is what it is, the things that have, have reared its ugly head to bring it to bear in the 70s in the first place continue to happen. Yes. The systems of of oppression, of segregation, of discrimination, call it whatever you like, continue to be pervasive in our day. And so so and and, and why wouldn't why wouldn't you want justice for for people who have been treated unjust? And and, and at what point? Why would you want uh, people who have been economically uh, disadvantaged to to have the opportunity for the quote unquote American dream? Why would you want? kids to have the best possible education or people who, who are supposed to have the right to vote be able to exercise that right in a free society. Why wouldn't you want that? Well, <laughs> those are the things that are on the table. And, and I would add to that, John, you know, bringing it back to, you know, wh- why would you want our nation, so to speak, to continue to operate in that kind of sin? Why? Because, I mean, again, if you start talking about racism and sexism and elitism and classism, you're still talking about some aspect of favoritism. Mm. And, and the Lord talks about it in terms of sin. Now, which one among us would not call racism a sin? Yeah. And, 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 when, and when we take it back to the cross and we think about modeling the person of Jesus Christ, yeah. you know, he, wasn't, he, was, he was nothing more than a barrier breaker. You're talking about a barrier breaker. Just just read John four and his encounter with the woman at the well. Right, right, right. I mean, just go there. Right, right. He crossed every barrier. Mm-hmm. It was a woman. The men didn't talk to women, especially broad daylight. Broad daylight, all by herself. A Jew and a Samaritan, but a, which was considered a mixed race person. That's yeah. right. So so, but there, like Jesse said, let me let me go back a different direction. Jesse, you mentioned that this whole idea of evangelicals and so forth. And there are plenty, many who who say that, you know what, our job isn't to be concerned about social justice. You know, that's not the job of of pastors to be preaching about that. That's not the job of of Christians to be concerned about those issues. Our job is to win souls for Jesus, which is right. But again, if, if we if we're truly modeling Christ, then we have to look upon those who who are the least of these, if you will. And, and you have to expose the darkness. Right. Expose it. Don't 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 join forces with it. Mm. Expose it. Mm. Expose it yeah. and bring it to light. What's done in the dark will be brought to the light. And so 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 again, and we we have to be I wouldn't say 
I'm not very diplomatic in these matters because, and I and I want to be because we don't have to we don't have to argue about it per se. But but the facts bear themselves out. Evolution is a theory. What been happened to black folks? That ain't a theory. Mm. And uh, the other thing, John, is again at, at some point behavior has to be motivated by genuine as well as agape, it, it has to be motivated uh, by that. And again, if we're operating in the hyphenated Christian arena, whatever it might be, it, it's not operating from a point of genuine love, you know? And, and I also think that that becomes our, a deception, you know, because the, the enemy, and, and something you said earlier, John, I'll go back and, and repeat it, is that we can't win a spiritual battle using carnal weapons. Mm. And and so there is a spiritual battle out there. So there, there, that's even more of a reason why you would think that those of us who profess to be believers or to be Christians, that our fight in this journey should be different from the fight that's going on in the world. I, I may not agree with how the world is fighting it, but I do agree that it has to be fought. We might use different weapons. You know, and so we should be on the top of the hill in terms of being that beacon of light, being that beacon of hope, you know, being that ambassador of Christ, you know, preaching about and, and not just preaching about it, but living a life of reconciliation. That's what Jesus did to his disciples. Yeah. He said, I, don't, I don't want you to just preach it. You got to live it. Mm. You got to show it. He said, this is the way that they will know that you are my disciples. But not only the love that you show toward one another, because there are too many other scriptures that Jesus that talks about loving your enemy, yeah. care of your enemy, feeding your enemy. Yeah, so Luke six, yeah, Luke six twenty seven. It's, yeah. it's, it's a different kind of a picture that believers are supposed to be uh, portraying and, and showing that than unbelievers. Unbelievers are going to do what unbelievers do. They, they're right? going to do what they're going to do. And the question is, are believers doing what they're supposed to do? Amen. Yeah. Well, are we doing something different? Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, we're, we're falling short, you know, in that domain, rather than allowing God, John, you've heard me say this a number of times, rather than allowing God to recreate us in his image, we think we have a responsibility to recreate God in our image. Mm. And, and, and there, as your words would say, therein lies. <laughs> <laughs> there yeah, I say it too much. I know. Yeah, I know I say it too much. Therein there lies. There lies the challenge. Yeah, because we, we think that we can justify our behavior before a holy and an all-righteous God. Mm. And you know, that that is nothing but deception. You know, let me say this, Rabina, one of the things that strike me about this, this, this all, uh, this whole thing, and, I, and, I, and it just strikes me again and again that, that this nation, you know, that has professed many things, yeah. of course, to be a godly nation, to be, you know, you know, you know, we say God bless America all the time. You know, God has blessed America, but but this nation will never really know the full breadth of what it could be mm-hmm. because of the way things have transpired as as it relates to how people have been treated yes. you know the the lack the lack of 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 acknowledgement of the native american i mean whose whose land uh, this 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 is i wouldn't even say was is and you know our latino brothers and sisters you know so forth i, I mean across the board across the board we will i mean we will never know how, how what kind of nation we really could be it, it, because we have 
because of what has transpired historically. And, and, it, and it seems like we're now back on that other that track again mm-hmm. to move in the direction away from if there ever really was a time throughout the, the, the 80s, the 90s and into the 2000s where it seems like, you know, things were were making a turn. Nah, we, we, those of us who've kind of been in the struggle for for a long time, we know it, it's just it's just maybe more hidden, mm-hmm. more more insidious in terms of the fact that it's kind of gone covert. But now it's come out of the shadows and it is more prevalent, more obvious. People are getting away literally with bloody murder, literally, literally. literally. And, 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 and to not want to look at it, that's troubling. Mm-hmm. It's really troubling. Well, gentlemen, I'm, I'm going to ask you both, what are your thoughts? Let's have closing thoughts on, in particular, Christians, our way forward. And one, representing Jesus for who he is. Two, displaying God's love, mercy, and grace, which we have been offered and have received. And then three, how the Holy Spirit has gifted Mm -hmm. us and Mm -hmm. how the Holy Spirit works in us. Yes, 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 yes. To me, it's it's a sanctification process. You know, again, if, if we speak among us, you know, as we've been having this conversation, I wrote down a couple, you know, at least one thing that, uh, we're told in scripture that uh, man looks at uh, their outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Yeah. Uh, and so, and I think that sometimes it's a, it's hard for us to grasp that, you know, in the sense that God really does look at the heart and he's more concerned about the heart than the outward appearance. If we look at the history of this country, we're in the spot that we're in because people were more concerned about outward appearance, mm. looked at race, they looked at these other things, whether your socioeconomic status or whatever, and acted accordingly. But if we had been operating on, no, I see the best in you rather than seeing the worst in you, or even that mindset of I am superior to you, mm. you know. And so to me, that that has gotten us into tr- trouble. And I think the other part of it is, you know, my, my summary statement in response to that. I, th- I think it comes back to, will the real Christians stand up? Mm. Yeah. Will the real Christians stand up and, and not allow these others to define us with their rhetoric? Mm. You know, and and there has to be, and there, John Gunn, back to what you said, there are a number of people who know the truth, and they're not operating on it. They know it, mm-hmm. and they're not operating. One of the things, I guess, that 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 strikes me, you know, and I think Jesse mentioned it, is you know, you know, what was Jesus really about? Mm-hmm. And 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 he said not only that that God loved the world that He gave His only only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life, but He also said, John. And three and seventeen, that 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 it, that he didn't come to, to to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And 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 so the challenge of, as Jesse said, sinful people doing what sinners do, helped to create what we have today. Mm. Uh, and so so the challenge is how how do those people, blood washed, born again, how do we differentiate ourselves, and how do we show ourselves to truly be 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 disciples of Jesus Christ? 
And it comes down to to love. Mm. Comes down to a love that's beyond philos, brotherly love, beyond or eros, the romantic love, beyond storge, the familial love, but but that true agape, unconditional love of God. And 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 in America, if anything else, if it's nothing else, it's all about conditions. <laughs> it's all it's about it's about what you do, where you live, how much you got, you know, all about the, those those material things that 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 are only going to be to our detriment. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world? That American dream is all about that. What does it profit to have all of that stuff, but but not have something that has that that your destiny is tied to? And so we have to do a better job pre- preaching and teaching in our churches. We have to do a better job reaching across, you know, being willing to acknowledge the truth, but but do it in a way that, that helps people to truly understand. We can talk and we don't have to fight. We don't have to argue, you know, and, and, and some of people are going to agree and some people are going to disagree. And what do we should do? You say, what should we do? We should pray for them. Mm-hmm. We should pray for them. No fight. Pray for them. You know, Jesus, Jesus, he was he was righteously indignant. But, you know, he said, in your anger, don't sin. Don't do that which displeases God. We know America needs to change. And, and, and we pray in our lifetime, we'll see more of it. I, I'll probably be, you know, dead and with maggots. You know, I'm just, I'm praying now for my grandkids mm-hmm. that, that, that there will not be a day where they're driving to the movies and they have to experience that. Mm-hmm. So I'm praying for my grandkids. I'm, yeah. I'm praying. I'm trying to do whatever, whatever I can in the public square to keep people aware of injustice, of, of, of what's real, of, of putting it, you know, putting it out there. And, and, and people say, well, pastors, y'all shouldn't be, you know, y'all should just stay in the church and not be involved in these conversations. Well, that don't work like that because I'm mindful of what's being taught in the schools. I'm mindful of what's happening with the police department. I'm working now with the department of corrections for the state of Nebraska. Jesse worked as the, with department of education. We have to be in the mix. Okay. If we're not there, our influence is not there. If I, if we're not there, the message of the gospel is not there. When I was on the panel at Lincoln High talking about gun control, and the guy guy stood up and said, "Well, we you know we can't change people." I said, "Oh no, you're wrong. People can change." I said, "I'm sitting here because of a change. Because when that guy put my that gun to my head, I hated police officers, and I did everything I could to let them know that I hated them. But you know what? The blood of Jesus Christ." My commitment to Christ, it changed well, my heart. Well, it well, changed my heart. Yes. And yes. I was able to forgive. Yes. And it and ended up marrying a police officer's daughter. Yes. Yes. So don't tell me people can't change. People can change. But the question is, what are we what are we offering them mm-hmm. to help them change? One one of the things that you asked, you know, in in your question in terms of these concluding statements, you know, how the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, in there, and again, as John was saying, if even if we start talking about agape love, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. We can't cultivate that on our own. Mm-hmm. No, nope. go back to the fruit of the Spirit. The first fruit of the Spirit that is mentioned is that of love. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it covers all the other components uh, of what the the fruit of the Spirit. I'd say to the church, it doesn't talk about the fruitsses of the Spirit. <laughs> about the fruit of the spirit, yeah. you know, love and self-control and gentleness. That's a composite picture, but it starts out with love first, you know, and, and that's where the change has to come right. And Jesus said, you know, how can you say, I mean, scripture say to us, how can you say that you love God mm. whom you've never seen? Never seen. 
mm. turn around and say, you love your brother or, or hate your brother, right? You know, and so- And you have seen him. Yes, yeah. yes. And, and so, you know, it, it boils down, you know, uh, again, spiritual warfare, it's a spiritual issue and we're fighting against the enemy. And part of yeah. our- problem is Who's not flesh and blood. That's right. And we're trying to fight without putting on the full armor of God. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, Rabrina, you mentioned the, the Holy Spirit. And, and I think the, the one thing that, that I think helps will, will help me and help others moving forward is, is praying that the spirit would be our teacher. Yes. Would, would be would help us with discernment to know when to speak, when not to speak, yes. to give us guidance in real time, to lead us yes. to, to a place where of where our influence can be used as opposed to just jumping out there in the flesh. Okay, and, and and messing stuff up because you think you got something to say. No, no, no. Let the spirit lead you. Romans 8 14 says, those who are led by the spirit of God, they are indeed are the sons of God. Okay. And so so I'm saying that the spirit has to, to be our guide, be our comforter, be the one, even when we get upset yes. by the things we see, whether it's a, a, a wrong verdict, what we, what we believe is a wrong verdict, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, help me now. Mm-hmm. Because I'm mad. Yes. I'm upset. Yes. Okay. But when we go out and we respond and react in anger or or, or emotion, then we're not going to get a godly result. Yes. yes. So so that's so the work of the Holy Spirit is yes. is to keep us humble, first of all, and also to give us guidance and wisdom and knowledge to know how to proceed in the yes. public square, knowing that we're not just representing ourselves. Right. We're representing the kingdom. And, and and we always got to remind ourselves that we're, we're representing something so much bigger than ourselves. And we go in there, you know, pump, pumping our chest and talking about what I want. No, 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 no. I'm only here because of the grace of God. Uh, I only want what, what God wants for us. And you cannot have community without unity. Mm, amen. Okay. And that's what I want. Jesus said, when, you know, in John 17, you know, that, that we be one. But we got to start with the church. Judgment begins at the house of God. So we ain't going. Tony Evans said this. You, you God ain't going to fix. Skip the the church house to fix the White House. <laughs> you ain't going to skip the church house to fix the White House. So you know what? It begins in the church. Right. So if we are if we are a divided body. If we still got segregation and discrimination and, and all of these things, what, the what model are we to the world? And what model are we that in the church? Because there are some churches that teach that. Yeah. That what model? Of God. Yeah, don't nobody want to come in and be a part of the same thing that they're seeing out in the world. So we got we got to get our our house in order and pray by the Holy Spirit, God's help that we can that we can come together as the body of Christ and, and, and be that different peculiar people that the, that the Lord indeed one day will come back for his bride, his unspotted, unblemished bride. We're far from that. <laughs> and so when people wondering about Jesus coming back, it ain't anytime soon because we're far from that spotless, unblemished bride that he's looking for. So guess what? Stop looking up in the East. <laughs> you ain't going to see it. I'm you know, say that because there are people going to be working on keeping you spotted and unblemished, <laughs> <laughs> thinking that they have more time. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it just it just says, you know, he's coming back for the for a bride yeah. that, that 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 is, you know, you know what what he's looking for. And we're far from it. And we want him to say, well done. 
Yes, we're far from it. But but it, but we got to start inside and, and, and break down those walls of division and of discrimination that exists in the church mm, and have existed <laughs> yes. for many, many, for a long, long time. Because we can't speak to the culture if, if we if people don't see any difference in what we're doing. Can't speak to it. Thank you for that. <laughs> Very <to> true. <laughs> All right. We have, we, we have nothing. We have nothing. If 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 we think we 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 can do that, you know. So so what are you modeling? What are you doing? How is your church different? How you know is it all this or is it all that? I mean, what do you all what do you all do to model the unity that you want to see down in, in City Hall? Mm. You got me there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. I really appreciate this conversation. It was spirited as I knew it would be. <laughs> um, I actually learned quite a bit myself and I really appreciate the work that you all are doing in the church community and outside of the church community that you're doing for the Lord. We got our work cut out for us, you know, and even as African-Americans, we have, we have our own challenges because we're still, you know, we're still not a monolithic entity. Right. We are a diverse group of people from diverse places with our own way of thinking about things. Yes. And so so we got a lot of a lot of barriers to break there before we can go and tell whoever else this this is what you need to do. Well, you know what? We we got our own work in, internally to try to come together in some ways. And that's a work in progress, no doubt. So I would say then CRT, all about conversation, has to do with Christ's right Christ's righteousness of truth. Mm. That's living. Yeah. All right. And on that note, thank you. I appreciate you, Pastor John and Pastor Jesse. I appreciate you both. Thank you, Sister Marina. Uh, We, we, you know, thanks for having us. And, uh, you know, sometime later, you know, Pastor Jesse and I are talking about having our own little podcast. You have motivated us and you have inspired us, inspired us, inspired us to to take this conversation uh, beyond just the conversation he and I have periodically. So we thank you for what God is doing in you. And we pray God's strength, God's continued courage, and God's faithfulness to you, your family, as you move forward. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you were able to listen empathetically and ponder some of what you heard without judgment. And if it made you feel uncomfortable, I hope you allowed space for that, because that's okay. The part about keeping groups of people out of the church is disturbing to me. Wolves and sheep's clothing, yes. And I can truly say I've encountered them. They're hurt, lonely, oppressed, and confused? No. To paraphrase what Jesus said in Matthew 9, 12-13, healthy people don't need a physician, but sick people do. Go and learn what it means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. And you know what? We're all sinners. Don't forget to give grit, getting real, immersed in truth, a five-star rating, follow, and share. Getting Real, Immersed in Truth is written, produced, and edited by me, Robrina Reddle. Original music by composer Michael Coffey of Handcrafted Studios. 
Connect with me on Instagram at Rebrina Rettle and check out my website, RebrinaRettle.com. I also have another podcast on Life Audio, Mama Take Heart, Understanding Your Gen Z Girl. It's designed to help mama be the compassionate, gospel-centered, and influential voice in her girl's life. Okay, friends, until next time, keep your head up when getting real while immersed in truth. Thank you.